Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. series and today's lesson is God wants our all and we understand that and we ministers have said um, for the longest we're not Wednesday and Sunday Christians it's not just and that is that's not really said as a negative that is said as a positive so if it's not Wednesday and it's not something and not Sunday and just say on Thursday something goes wrong, if you're not a Wednesday and Sunday Christian, then you got the God who knows you on a Thursday. It doesn't matter what day it is. This is not Wednesday or Sunday. You know, God knows me all the time. So when, I, so when we hit the floor or whether we are standing or it doesn't matter where, what position we are in when we're praying, just like Daniel the man never closed his window. The Bible says, and his window being opened, prayed to the Lord. So we're going to just, the, the lesson looks at Abraham, and uh, it talks about Abraham, and you're going to see some characters that we have known and studied. And so I was thinking about this, and uh, let me just put it this way. Um, I've been coming here a pretty long time, and the Lord... Uh, seen fit for an individual to be born before I was. So uh, I've always made the comment that on this walk of life, and I'm resisting not to call their name, but I'm not. <laughs> on this walk of life, when I get to an overpass, I see blank was here. And that I go to them and I tell them, well, I always know that I'm on the right road because I see your name tagged where you tagged an overpass. <laughs> so I know I'm on the right road. So we're going to see some things that we're familiar with, but we're on the right road. So what I'm saying is don't just write it off. Allow God to speak to you. And it doesn't matter how many times you've heard this. I mean, God's word is unique. It is just, Lord, our minds are so small and God is so big that we can never hear it all. I mean, we never, never, ever. And I don't never want to get to the point where I think that I've heard it all. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. If they get up and, and talk about David, Lord, tell me something again. And it just doesn't matter from what perspective you are in life, something can be said that you really need. And it's just like, the Bible says, if, if you're hunger and thirst after righteousness, to them shall be filled. So it doesn't, I believe it doesn't matter in a sense, in this context, what is being ministered? You come in with an appetite to be fed and God will feed you. The topic doesn't matter. It's the attitude you come in with. 
And it's just like if, well, I, how many times have we sung that song? That doesn't matter. What comes in is the attitude that you come in with. I want to come in and say, God, feed me. What's going on? How many songs they said? How many times they sing it? How many times they sing that verse? That's, that's irrelevant. I want to come in and say, God, anoint me. Anoint my mind. Let me be in the right attitude to hear you speak because that's what I want. Life is going to draw us so many ways. And as you've been said about Mary and Martha, Martha, life is pushing you. Life is pushing you in so many ways. But Mary, all these things is, going, is happening with Mary. She lived in the same house. But Mary has chosen the good part. Martha, you letting all this distract you. And that's, I, I'm human. That's why I said I side with Martha in this. It's so easy for me to get distracted and come in and just look what's going on. Don't, don't that preacher realize what's going on in my life? I'm telling you, God realizes what's going on in our life and he's using that preacher to send something that you need. And it, he does that and that's just the way God does it. Now, the verse that they give is Genesis 22, 13 and 14 and this is really... So much has transpired up to this point, but it just takes these two verses out, Genesis 22, 13 and 14. And the angel says unto him, 22 and, and what did I say, 13. Um, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. That's, that's unique, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the, in the stead, in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Now, here it is in the middle of this. We know that Abraham goes, what's happened? He takes his son and all of this. But yet, here's Abraham. He's fixing to offer his son and the angel of the Lord speaks to him. Now, I just want to just ask you this. If a ram is caught in a thicket behind him, don't you think that Abraham could hear it? He's caught, and, and why I said by his horns is unique. God has a way of blessing us. The ram was caught in a thicket by his horns. The horns is what would have hurt Abraham. But God let him be caught by his horns so it would have been easy for Abraham to capture the ram. But here, this is my point that I want to try to leave here, is how many blessings are around us that are there that we never even see? Here is Abraham waited so long, 25 years, and then ever how old this son is. And then he's waited all these years and he has him tied on the altar. And God said, now I know. It's in so many speculations. I've speculated speculate and said maybe that was his will. You know, now I don't really know. I believe that was just a declaration from the Lord. Now I know. Now I know, Abraham, that you fearest me. And then here is the one that he's, he's doing it. God said, that God spoke to him and said, 
what you need is right behind you. And unless God just let it re just appear out of nothing, which he could have, but I don't really think that. I think that God just put a ram up there, stick your horns in the thicket, you're going to be there because I need you there. He goes up the hill and then, but here's the thing. That's why I go back to my illustration of Job. You can't let the storm override the voice because here is a traumatic time. I know what I would be. I don't know if I could have ever made it to the mountain. Here's his only son in the bloodline, his only son, and he's taking him up to the hill and to offer him, and the angel of the Lord speaks to him. And then yet Abraham was aware enough to hear the voice. So no matter what's going on in our life, really and truly, when we're pushed to the wall, we can't let the storm override the voice. Because when the angel spoke to Abraham, it was like, what you need, I have. But if Abraham would have been so consumed with what was happening, it's just like he got this far and he was this close to doing what God had asked him to do. And really and truly, I don't believe this was never about a sacrifice. No, it wasn't about a sacrifice. And to the common eye, it may have looked like a sacrifice. But here is just the recognition of God's voice brought just what he needed, not realizing what he needed. The gift was right behind him. So it is just at the worst time in his life, he was able to hear God's voice. And God just did everything he needed for him right then. Now, God wants all of us. He wants all of us. He wants us to trust him literally. It came down to Abraham, are you going to trust me? And then a lot is said about Abraham, but I'm telling you, if I could have a children like Isaac, what would it take to have a child to walk with you, to walk up there, to get on the altar, to allow yourself to be tied down? I don't know. What kind of obedience did Abraham and Sarah distill in this child to father their, to, 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 you know, to, for their dad to lead them up that hill and go through all of this? I mean, Isaac needs, or Abraham needs credit for teaching Isaac. Abraham and Sarah needs the credit for teaching their, their son. But give me children like that. You know, that can listen. You know, and I believe that Isaac needs credit also because he's taking and he's doing this. Now, the truth of the matter is, the Bible in, in King James, it uses the word tempt, but God is going to test us. Just pure and simple. God is going to test us. If you say you love God, you will that will that statement will be tested it will be tested it is not just so god can see how much he can put on us all it is is just you say you love me with your lips okay 
then I want to see you match it with your actions. And that's what Abraham did. Abraham went probably, and I can say with a surety, that most of us will never have to go to. That's why he's called the father of the faithful. But he's taken and he's, he's going and he, he, he does this. Now, that's why I said it, it jumps right in, but I want to back up just a little bit. If, if you will go with me, just turn. If you still got your Bible, just turn back a little bit. And I want to read something. Genesis uh, 16. What's happening? Abraham, and I'm going to just call them Abraham and Sarah. But they're in Egypt. That's apparently where they get Hagar. And 16.1. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee now, go unto, thy, go in, unto my maid, and it, it may be that um, I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, uh, her maid, the Egyptian, and after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, and he gave her her husband Abraham to be his wife. Now, number four, and he went unto Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now, here it is basically the way I want to look at it on this lesson is Ishmael was, Abraham has got two children. And we're going to read it. God plainly tells Abraham, Ishmael is your seed and Isaac will be your seed. So here they've been there a while. Sarah's, you told me you was going to be a great nation. I don't know. I'm tired of waiting. Let's take this woman that I have. She's my handmaid. I'm going to give her to you and you can have children with her. And any time, and this is the flesh versus the spirit, any time we give in to our flesh, it's going to come back to haunt us. You can say what you want, and any time we give in to our flesh, there will be consequences. God forgives us of our sins, but whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, we serve a forgiving God, that we do, but let's read. So he, we read this about her. She has a children. Uh, she has a son, rather, and then, so he went into her, she conceived, and as soon as she conceived, what does she do? Her mistress was despised in her eyes. Hagar looked down on what was to be the blood covenant one. So here is the flesh looking down on what would be the spirit size. That's the way it's going to be. You give in to your flesh, that flesh is going to war against the spirit when you come into this place. When you get around that which is holy, then that flesh is going to rise up. You can't give in to this, you can't give in to this flesh, but we live in a body of flesh. 
That's why God gave us the Holy Ghost. That is the purpose of the Holy Ghost because the flesh wars against the spirit. That's a battle enough right there. But when you take and you give in, and, and she, you know, I'm not throwing rocks at her. You know, they've been here 10 years, and I don't know how hard it was for her to give up and, and look at all the children playing, and she's thinking, I just don't know. Abraham said that God was going to bless him, and he was going to be the father of many nations. Now, I, as a man, I can truly stand here and say that I don't know what it's like to have children. I don't know what it's like as a woman to yearn to bear children. That's why I don't want to be too hard on Sarah. But Sarah was saying, we need to help God. And if I find myself, if God has called me to do something and I want to, and, and, and I get told from someone like a pastor, you know, you need to wait a certain amount of days. And I'm thinking, wait, <laughs> wait. That's all I've been doing. But he says, you really need to wait and, and do this time. And you think, no, I don't, I don't need to wait. And, you know, I'll just call some of the church and, you know, I go to, I go to Brother Boyd's church. Oh, yeah, you can come preach for us. That's really getting out of order. And it just, I'm telling you, when we cross up, this flesh and spirit, the spirit is going to just despise. I mean, the flesh is going to despise this spirit. So that's what happened. Now, I want to jump ahead a little bit. Let's, um, let's jump down to the seventh verse. And the angel of the Lord, okay, what happens? Sarah says, you got to go. Verse seven, I'm going to read uh, certainly seven. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness and by the fountain uh, in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's handmaid, uh, which camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return unto thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And you know, you take that spiritually, okay? You get in the flesh, you do something wrong, and the Lord says, you know, you need to go back and submit yourself to the man of God. And I think, whoa. <laughs> That's really not what I had in mind. But he, the angel of the Lord tells her, you need to go back. And then so in 10, the angel of the Lord said unto her, and I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be, that it shall not be numbered for, uh, for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Twelve, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And thirteen, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, the God that seeth me, for she said, have I also looked here after him that seeth me? Now, what I wanted to do is, we're just human, we make mistakes. We are in this body of flesh. But what I want you to know is, here is Hagar. 
and likening her to the flesh, this is the first time in the Bible, the, the Bible says that angel of the Lord appeared to a human, and it's to Hagar. Now, also, Ishmael was the first one in the Bible named before he was born. So when you're talking to someone that feels like they're not worthy, welcome to the club because I don't feel worthy. You take them to this passage. Here is a woman that who would they think that should have been the first angel the Lord appeared to? It was not the mighty men that you read about. It was a woman that was just kicked out of her home that the godly line of, of Isaac was going to come through. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord, appears to her. And not only that, names her son. Now, if that's not God being good, I don't know what it is. And so when we are wrong and do wrong, don't think God has cut us off. You know, do you see my point? Here it is, we're, we are just human. And when we are just human and make mistakes, we sure need to come back to God, ask for forgiveness, ask God to touch us. Because here, like I said, here is, here is a lady. Here's Hagar. She's got nothing to do with this. You... You ever find yourself in a situation? Oh, that got nothing to do with this. She's in Egypt. She's picked as a handmaid. She goes through this. Abraham and Sarah, boy, they're good people. You know, you, I'm going with them. Everything's going to be good. All of a sudden, you're going to be with my husband. Well, if she would have said, well, that's not what I want to be. I know this is a little sensitive, but, but hear me. She had no voice in this. Whether she got pregnant or not, it happened without any of her knowledge. And then all of this happened, and then through all of that, here's God. Found her and appeared to her as the first one in Scripture. It wasn't that Abraham... In the Bible, you read in the Bible where, 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 the, uh, where the ladies gave birth. It was the woman. It was the women that named the children, not the men. So here God names his son. And just what I want to leave with you is this happened. Now, turn with me to uh, 21 in chapter 21. And this is now, this that I just read, that was before Ishmael was born. Now, this is after Ishmael is born. And there's some more going on. And um, Sarah just says, look, look, I'm, I'm done. I'm full. Kick, kick her out for good and her son. I'm done with it. So Genesis 21 and 12. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman 
will I make a nation because he is thy seed. Ishmael and Isaac is both his seed. And Abraham rose early in the morning and, and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness to um, Beersheba. And the water was spent and she cast the child under the shrubs and she went and sat down against him a good way off as it was a bow shot. And she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of the Lord called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee, Hagar, fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. Now, now look at 19. That will be the last one. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle of water and gave the lad to drink. Here's the angel of the Lord appearing to her again. And said, God has heard my cry. This is the God that sees. This is the God that hears. I've got kicked out again. I'm sitting here in need. It is so severe that I don't even want to see my son die. So I put him what would be a bow shot away. And the, and the angel of the Lord come to her and said, no, go get your son. I will make him of a great nation now. And the, what I'm wanting to connect here is this. Now, what I, this is just me. In the day here, right now, 2022, we are all God's children. Everybody was made in his image, breathed a breath of life into. We are God's children. In the Bible, God plainly told Abraham, Ishmael, the flesh is your seed. Isaac, of, this, of the blood covenant is your seed. Now, we are got so many saying, do this, do that, all you got to do. But I'm telling you, this is just me. When it comes to making it, you need to be part of the blood covenant. Everybody is part of the flesh side. But to be saved... You need to be part of the blood covenant. The blood covenant is when you do the New Testament salvation and do it as the Bible says. Because God acknowledged, he acknowledged both sides. They are your seed. We're all God's children. But I'm telling, telling you, we must be part of the blood covenant. And God told him literally, take Isaac, thy son, thine only son. So it had to be, it, it had to be done. And as painful as it was, God acknowledged that. Now, genuine faith is demonstrated by obedience because when God asked Abraham, take thy son, go to the mountain, it tells how many days he went. Isaac was truly a gift from the Lord. Now, I, I can't imagine 
what Abraham had to go through, the days he had to go through, the nights he had to go through, wondering, okay, Lord, it's been 20 years, 21 years, okay? You know, and I don't know how many people he revealed this to, like God's going to make of me a great nation and what it was like if he did reveal that to people, of what it was like, you know, I thought you was going to be the father of a great nation. You don't even have no children. But to speak that, how many times, you know, how many times have you thanked God for something before it even happened? That's faith. That is faith. God has promised you something and just because these eyes can't see it, God help me to believe it no matter that I can't see it. I thank you in advance. I thank you for it. And that's what Abraham had to do. I'm not looking at it. I can't see a great nation, but you said it was going to come to pass and I will obey it as if I was looking at it. And I'm telling you, that, ta that takes true faith. That takes true obedience. Believing, believing. And that's not just a Wednesday and Sunday Christian is going to do that. That is somebody that has a pure relationship with God that loves him 24-7 and not just has a bad day. Okay, God, I'm off today, so don't bother me. That is somebody that loves God in the good times, in the bad times. It doesn't matter what time it is. Life doesn't matter. God is God all the time. So it doesn't matter what's happening to us. God is God and he has us, all of us. God will take care of us, pure and simple, no matter what life looks at. So he got his son and then this time God tells him, he appeared to him, told him to take his son, go to the mountain. And then he said, take thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest. And, and get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee. Now, if you've read of a burnt offering, <laughs> there's nothing left. I mean, to offer him as a burnt offering, it was consumed. So it, it wasn't like it was just, I don't want to say it was bad, I don't mean that. But I just want you to see the contrast of it. Offer him for a burnt. You're looking at your son whom you love. Now, we can't even imagine that. I mean, you can't even imagine that. And offer him for a burnt offering. Okay. Abraham was to sacrifice his son, his son whom he waited. How would we respond how would you respond? I know how I would respond after I woke up. I would say, I just had a nightmare like you're not going to believe because that had not to be real, you know. But here, I, I just can't believe that somebody has that kind of faith. And to say, I, I'm, I'm just, pardon me for being honest with you, but if I pray, give me the faith of Abraham, I don't really know what I'm asking. I tell you the truth. I don't really know what I'm asking because what that man went through 
I mean, it's great to be on the other side. We read the end of the story, but he's the one that lived it. And to have that kind of faith, it's easy to say, give me the end result of that. But no, that, that man lived it. And it's truly remarkable that he did. And then to know that, and we know that, that's why I said it was never about a human sacrifice. But Abraham didn't know that. He did not know that. But what, what would it be like if, if you have spent your years building the one home that you loved and you spent everything that you had, everything, and then God in no uncertain terms told you to sell it and give the money to missions. And it was all you had, literally. You got no place to live. You have nothing. That couldn't even compare, I think, of taking your own flesh and blood and offer him for a burnt offering. Man, I don't know of nothing that would compare to that. I really don't. I really don't. But Genesis 22.3 could begin with a lot of ways that Abraham fought with God, he questioned God, he ignored God, he walked away from God, but this is the way it began. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled the animal, took two of the young men with him, Isaac his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Now I'm telling you, that's obedience. That's just not saying, hey, <laughs> I'm a Christian that's putting his money where his mouth is, for sure. He obeyed God, and his faith was blessed by obedience. But he trusted God. Now, what I'm trying to figure out of what it must have been like in Abraham's mind, and this, I think, what this is what I think could get get us into trouble if if we go down this road very far. Because if Abraham tried to think if here is God is telling him after he had waited all these years, you know, let's just, I'll just throw this number out. I, to, to be honest with you, I don't really know. He waited 25 years that, that we do know for just the promise to get Isaac here. Of the time when Isaac was promised to the birth was 25 years. Now, to when this actually happened, I don't know. And I'm going to just throw 20 years out. I think that's just a guess. So Abraham, he's in the 45-year range. So, and then God is telling him to go do this. If he starts trying to rationalize this, that's why I said we're Americans, you know. We, we cop the Burger King way, you know. I can have it any way I want to. And we try to come in and try to figure God out. Well, God, you told me I was going to be a great nation. Now you want to take the one son that's going to do this and you want me to offer him back to you. Why are you doing this? And it can be, I'll bring it to us right now. When things happen in our life, and we start trying to throw God in the mix of saying, why did this happen? And start looking for a reason. 
I'm, I'm just being honest. That's a dangerous road to go down. And it's just, we all wonder. We all wonder. But I'll just be honest with you. It ain't God's fault. It is not God's fault. God will test us, but God tests no man with evil. No man with evil. If we are in a trial or a test, it is to make us better, to make us love God more, to make him more real to us, and to open our eyes up to more revelation of God, pure and simple. And this is, I'm telling you, if we had a meter that we could put on Abraham going up the mountain and coming down the mountain, I'd like to see the needle on that baby. Because <laughs> when he went up and when he come down, that baby was pegging. Oh, and it could have said belief in God. When I tell you, when he come down that mountain, his faith was a whole lot more than when he went up. Because his revelation of God just grew immensely on what he believed in God. And that should be the way with us. When we think we're, and the enemy is trying to tell us, you know, it's God push you into this. Mentally, you can't handle this. Yes, you can. You know, when we find ourselves saying, I can't do this, and then we go through it and realize the ram is right there the whole time. And just like with Hagar, God opened her eyes and she seen what she needed. And I got sense enough, enough to the spirit to hear that voice talking to me. What you need is right there with you. And then we looked and then to understand that God loves us and is sensitive to us and hears us. So I would, I'm telling you, I would like to have seen it. This is part, but this is a part of the nature of God that we should not, we should not try to figure out. God is sovereign. What he does, he does for his own reason, and we should not try to figure it out. But it was to keep, you know, God can do anything. He can do, you know, you can't start going down that road. You know, if God was God, he would do this, this, and this. You know, he, you know God's in control. He knows what he's doing. We're to trust him. He's God. He's still in control. It doesn't matter who's in, who's in what part of the White House. It doesn't matter. God is in control. He is our God. He is the one watching. The one thing, but Abraham trusted God. Isaac was with him. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure at this point, Isaac has been taught to trust in God. But, but like I said earlier, Isaac, somebody taught Isaac to believe in God. And so I, I give that honor to Abraham and Sarah and to those around him to to steal that faith in him. Boy, I, that was done. Um, it's just Abraham gets to a point and it, it's just like, and it's truly like this in every phase that we go through. There's a point that, that there's a point we get to where people can help you. And just as sure as Abraham told his servants, you must stay here. And then there's a point that we get to where you and I must go to the mountain ourselves and let God speak to us. Because in the truth, it's about God and us. 
And God and us can work this out. Not that we don't need a church because they, they took the servants and they went up to a point. But Abraham knew where to draw the line and said, from this point on, it's going to be us and it's going to be God. And that, that's how it worked out. Now, when Abraham told him that God would provide himself a lamb, I don't really know if he knew what he was saying, but we know what he was saying. He did provide himself a lamb. So he did this. Isaac trusted his dad. It took great faith for them to do this. Now, I don't know. I don't think no one had been raised from the dead in the Bible up to this point. But the Bible says in Hebrews, I think it is, where Abraham trusted God that if he even took Isaac to raise him from the dead. Um, so, wow, the faith that this man had is unbelievable. So, um, okay, I'm going to be like... Um, our good pastor, I'm going to have to skip some pages. <laughs> I get it honest. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stay. <laughs> no. I'm cutting up, but I'm serious. Um, Abraham, and truly, on the flesh and the spirit, to be part of the blood covenant, to take his name, be buried, be baptized in Jesus' name, allow that blood to cover you, and that is what we need because we're all God's children. I don't want to be part of the blood covenant. Let's pray. God of heaven, we love you, holy God. We love you this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what it means. I thank you, God, for what you've done in the past. You'll do in the future. So I ask you this night or this day, Lord God, that you would touch and strengthen and anoint, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness. Holy God, touch this day, God, I pray. We thank you for what you've done, Lord God. Touch us, holy God, I pray. In the holy name of Jesus, we anoint and we praise and anoint us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.